the 20th chapter. Praise the Lord. Praise God. You know, the Bible says in Psalms 37, 1, envy not who? The sinner. And I almost entitled this message, envy not the winner. I think maybe David had it, you know, he forgot a little letter right there. Many times we do that. You know, we envy the winner. I should be preaching. I should be over here. I should be doing this. And we're going to be dealing with, actually, it's one of the seven deadly sins, uh, envy. But I've entitled a sermon. Let's see here. Al Davis or the son of David. Okay. How many don't know who Al Davis is? Manuel, you go ahead and tell him, Manuel. Uh, or Lenny, or all you Raider fans. He, he's the owner of the Raiders. Aye, aye, aye. I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to mess with it. This should be called the Oakland. <clears throat> what? Uh, <clears throat> all the 49 fans getting all happy. Aye, aye, aye. Okay. Let's begin reading in verse 1 of Matthew chapter 20. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarii for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About the third hour he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again on the sixth hour, the ninth hour, the eleventh hour, and so forth. Okay. Verse 8, when the evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired, going on to the first. <clears throat> the workers who were hired about the eleventh hour came, and each received a denarii. So when those that came that were hired the first, they expected to receive more. But each time, each one of them also received the same, a denarii. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These men were hired last, and they only work one hour, they said, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, just to one, friend, I'm not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarii? Take your pay and go. Get on down the ramp. I want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you What? Oh, because I am what? Generous. The last verse of chapter 14 says, excuse me, 19 says what? But many who are first shall be last, and many who are last shall be first. And then this verse here, verse 16 says, so the last shall be first, and the first will be last. Father, I pray that we would glean from your word here today, that we would, uh, Lord God, open up our hearts to receive from you, that we would be edified, that we would be better Christians upon hearing the sermon, Lord God. Many of it that would be, Lord God, a, a, a preparation for ministry, a preparation for Christianity, because we're going to need this, Jesus, to be good Christians and not envious Christians. That we wouldn't care who does the work as long as the work gets done. And we would pray for those that are involved and that are being uh, risen up because of your mighty hand. We bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody together said? Amen. Amen. Greet one another one more time with love of the Lord. <clears throat> Spread some love around prior to your being seated. Envy not the sinner. Psalms 37.1 says. Okay. 
But again, I would say envy not the winner as well, okay? See, we're going to be dealing with the subject of envy, and I believe the best example or illustration of envy can be told in a story regarding, and I've, I think I've told the story before, regarding two store owners. One had a store on one side of the street, the other one had a store on the other side of the street, and they both were in the same business. So they were very competitive, and envy will do that to you. They were involved with envying one another, okay? They flat out disliked each other. They hated each other to a certain degree, okay? They were always competing, okay? And, and they hated to see the other one prosper. They hated to do that. So finally, God got tired of it. So he sent him an angel. He sent the angel. He says, go tell him, okay? Go, go tell one of them, of the store owners. He says, ask whatever he wants. I will grant it to him, he told the angel. Tell this guy, whatever he wants, I'll give it to him. Whatever he wishes. Whether he wants fame, a big mansion, riches, a long life, many children, wisdom, wealth. But just remember that whatever you get, tell him, your competitor will get double what I'm going to give you. So the guy... Thought, thought, okay, let me think. What should I get? God will give me anything I want. But, the, but, but my competitor across the street is going to get double what I get. Man. So I kept thinking and thinking. Finally, he called the angel and says, I've thought it out and I know what I want. Make me blind from one eye. Because <laughs> my competitor is going to get double. Uh, See, envy is as senseless as that. That's what it is. Very senseless. Uh, almost greedy. And here in the parable of Matthew 20, we find a rather unique teaching or example that Jesus is giving us. Okay? On the sin of envy. Because envy is a sin. One of the seven sins. Uh, terrible sins. And here in this parable, we're able to see four outstanding qualities that envy serves to create. They're outstanding, but they're negative qualities. Okay? And let me give them to you very quickly. We're going to deal with them. But before I do, I'm going to cover a few other things. Okay? Number one, a negative quality that envy creates is competition or comparison. Number two, envy creates murmuring and, and grumbling and complaining. Number three, envy tends to blind us from ourselves. And number four, envy creates a cruel sadness. And we're going to be dealing with that in a little bit. Because, you know, it's like anger. We covered anger last Sunday. And anger breeds depression. Okay? And they're very, very kin to each other. So being envious, you can get very depressed. You can get very, very saddened of heart. Cruel sadness. Now, before we cover these four negative characteristics that envy creates, I want to examine the parable here in Matthew 20 a little bit further more. Okay? The Bible says there in verse 11 that those that were hired at 6 a.m., they murmured and they complained against the good man, the Bible says. Some of your translations say the good man of the house, the landowner. In other words, he was the boss. Then in verse 13, okay, their envy comes out. They're all upset. The first group that was hired at 6 a.m., they feel very cheated. They feel, man, that's not right. I know my rights. I need a phone call, officer. Ever said that? Uh, I know my rights. I talked to my brother. He says, I know my rights. I, you know, 
I'm not, I didn't ask him if he's guilty or not because I, I already know. But if he can win, I can beat it. I can beat it. Ah, ay, ay, ay. Well, that's the way these, this group felt, the first group. They felt cheated. See, this group was so upset that they wanted to take the issue before the, you know, the, the I would call it the, the neighborhood uh, relationship board, relation board. In other words, I want to take it to the Cherryland Homeowners Association. I want to go before. I mean, it's not right. I have my rights. Uh, see, they felt and they figured that they had a good case. Due primarily to the fact that this landowner was doing things totally different and contrary to the way other farmers did things. Stay with me now, okay? It was contrary to the way most farmers would run their farm or their ranch. For there's no way that because if, if this was the, the way most farmers were to run their business, okay, they'd all end up going out of business. Are you with me? They'd end up bankrupt. And Al Davis knows this. Uh, if they don't hire the way they did that and, you know, and, 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 and give everybody the same wages, they'd be out of business. So these guys are saying, hey, this landowner's too much. Doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, see, in the beginning, these guys were, were grateful just at the fact that they were, they were hired. As a matter of fact, they probably asked this guy to, to go and, 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 you know, hire some more people because there's a lot of work to be done. Man, look at all this work. It's just a few of us going to do it. So in the beginning, they probably felt good. Oh, he's hiring a lot of people. But near the end, he was hiring everybody. Want a job? Yeah. Uh, uh, he, in other words, he went on a binge and he started hiring people left and right. Now, by the time he hires the last group, the work was almost done already. He didn't need to hire these people as well. Not at all. Okay? And since, my friend, you know, the work was almost done by then, these, these, this group of first people, they didn't even, you know, they didn't hardly work at all, the last group, because the first group, the Bible says, had done most of the work. But what happens here is they got the same amount of money as the rest of the people. That's not right. That's not fair. And certainly, my friend, the labor commission could see and understand that. The landowner totally was out of line, and they felt cheated. Now, I'm not going to belabor here, but I've preached on this before as well, on this portion of Scripture. And really what it's talking about is the grace of God. That's why the first shall be last and the last shall be first. That's why sometimes you've gone to some of the funerals that I perform, and somebody that got saved in their deathbed, I said, hey, they made it. So you might say, but man, you know, and I've had some of my homeboys that I've buried, but I led them to the Lord. And their families come, ah, oh. and I tell them, listen, Pastor, I've been laboring for God almost 25 and a half years, but he's going to go to the same heaven that I went to because he got saved. That's what people say, no, that's not right. Yeah, you can't tell God who's going to go to heaven, who's not going to go to heaven. You can't tell, don't frustrate the grace of God, the Bible says. And this parable is really actually about the grace of God, but it deals with envy as well. And because amazing grace, don't ever minimize grace. Uh, gr you know, mercy is, not, is uh, not getting what we deserve. My kids know about mercy. Uh, but grace is getting what you don't deserve. We all deserve hell. All his sin comes short of the glory of God. But because of the grace of God, we can all go to heaven. Uh, and this parable is talking about that. Uh, the first shall be last and I shall be first. But now let me be real sincere here, okay? 
This parable is not actually about business. It's not. It's talking about the kingdom of God. Remember, it's a parable. And parable means what? Parallel. You're paralleling the kingdom of heaven, the spiritual, with the natural, with the earthly. And God does that in order for man to understand things. Because we're down here. But he wants you to know what heaven's all about. Okay? And it's about the kingdom of heaven. This parable is about the love and the grace of God. See, any worldly wise businessman would right away know that anyone running a business like this farmer was is either a fool or he's a multi-multi-multi-billionaire. Really. Any businessman would understand that. Because look, he's, he's giving away money like crazy. Uh, just, oh, come on, come on. Okay, here you go, here you go. He's either a fool, and Al Davis ain't no fool. Uh, he ain't going to do that. Uh, with him, it's put up or shut up or get out. Uh, that, those are the shrewd businessmen. But this guy's not like Al Davis. He's like the son of David. Jesus gives grace out. You want to get saved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, here, you want to you you get born? You want to go to heaven? Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, come on. And I've told you before in my hometown when I first got saved 25 years ago about that one businessman. He was a businessman. Uh, Mary, he owned Chino's Market. Uh, and he goes and he, the one lady witnessed to him and said, Stevie Nader got saved. She goes, no, the, it was a man. He goes, no, no. The lady told me, that, that was witnessing to him, she goes, God could never forgive Steve. The first shall be last, the last shall be first. No, 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 no. I still go and witness to his son. He, he died a tragic death. You know, but I witnessed to his son a lot of times because I know that he was probably telling his son the same thing. His son runs the, the store now. And I'm always right there whenever I'm in Santa Paula. I go witness to him. See, that's the grace of God. See, Christ is not, okay, in this parable, okay, laying down guidelines on how General Motors should be run or Numi should be run or, or McDonald's should be run. He's not doing that because if anybody would run their business like this businessman, they would go out of business. You understand what I'm trying to say? I mean, we ain't got money to throw around. But God's got grace to throw around. He does. Christ here is describing the love and the grace of God. Okay, if the method of this businessman, okay, described here in Matthew 20, if it seems outrageous, it's because the grace and the love of God are, they are outrageous. It is outrageous. Uh, because God is not willing that any should perish, but the assemblies of God uh, come to repentance. God is not willing any should perish, but the Baptists, uh, the baptized in Jesus' name only, should go to heaven. Nah, but all, oh, oh, see, while envy is very highly competitive, love does not keep score. Understand, envy is very competitive. How come this? Why that? No, no, that's not right. That's not fair. Envy keeps score. As a matter of fact, look at 1 Corinthians 13. Ha, ha, ha. Huh? Envy keeps score. Love is not cold and not calculating, but envy is. If you ever want to see God, just read 1 Corinthians 13. You'll see God. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 and 5 says, Love is what? Love is kind. It does not, it does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Ooh, we covered that last week. 
It keeps no records of wrong. And in the parable here in Matthew 20, the problem with the first group was not their wages, not at all. They knew what they were, you know, uh, what, they were, what they had agreed on, what they were receiving. The problem with them was in their comparison. They were comparing. They were competing. Uh, they would be fully content with the wage, okay, if the other people's wages would have been less. Then they would have been all right with that. Why did you give them so much? How come you gave them the same amount as you gave us? That's not right. Now, let's very quickly look at the four Negative qualities brought on by an envious spirit. And we got to check these things out. I'm going to move very quickly, but I want us to look at four negative qualities or characteristics of being envious. Number one, the first characteristic of envy is, my friend, again, that it is highly competitive. It's always comparing. It, it's highly competitive, okay, instead of being wholly contented. I have learned, Paul says, in whatsoever state I am in, there would to be Competitive, comparing, envious. No, to be content. And many times I teach our leaders this, and I prayed like this earlier. It doesn't matter who does the job as long as the job gets done. But a lot of us, man, how come he doesn't ask me to lead worship? I'm taller than him. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Huh? How come, man, I have ties. How come Pastor Steve doesn't ask me to do that? Uh, it doesn't matter who does the job, Harold. Come on, Matilda. As long as the job gets done. Glory to God. Why does God want all the glory? He can handle it. But man is so highly competitive. See, it's very, very hard for envious people to ever be fully content. Envy will not let them because they're so competitive. You ever seen those kind of people? Uh, I told you before, when I was growing up, I was like this, big time. And I still have a lot of problems in this area as well, like all of us. I do. I'm not going to lie. But I'm the kind of guy, I've told you before, I was one of the slowest runners in, in my class, but I, I beat everybody no matter what. Even if they beat me by 50 yards, and I said, no, I won. Uh, the line was this way. Uh, I break the own line. Look at I won. <laughs> uh, why are they using her? Why are they using him? Uh, I'm better at it than I'm a better leader. Who's speaking tonight? Ah, I won't get nothing. Uh, I can speak better than him. Who are they going to send out next? They made him a minister. Uh, remember Judas? Why did they, you know, why did they... They, they used the oil on his feet. They could have gotten the, the, the money from the oil and sold it and, and, and fed the poor. Yeah, right. He was envious. He was jealous. But that's the way envy is very competitive. Always asking stuff like that. Uh, let me tell you, you know, I mean, let me tell you a little something, okay, and a little secret that I've noticed about sending churches out. Because we're a sending church, Okay. To me, this is, and I, I just like inserted, inserted this here because we're going to send people out. I probably, I'd say within the next five years, we'll have 25 to 30 people that are going to go out. But we got to be very careful in this. Okay? See, I think that most of us in Victory Outreach have been a bit presumptuous in where, okay, no, or excuse me, in who we send out. Not totally presumptuous, 
but in part. And the reason is because we send out individuals who are very highly competitive people, guys. Very highly. I'm just, I'm just I'm having some in-house stuff here. I've noticed a few things. If we send out guys that are very highly competitive, by and large, that's not bad. You can be a little competitive. No, okay. But when, you're, when that's your whole motivation. Uh, and then usually the wives are real until their husbands become pastors. They were so humble. God bless you. Hallelujah. Now all of a sudden, their husband is a pastor or a minister. Let's bring it down real home or a minister. All the, all the minister's wives are going to be over here. <laughs> uh, now all of a sudden, you know, what are you going to wear to the conference? Ah, uh, ay, ay, ay. See, again, while this can be, you know, to some extent, all right, but by and large, it's pretty bad because competitiveness is based on envy. And to me, personally speaking, okay, I believe that's one of the reasons that most people that have gone out or have been sent out are not still out there. Do you hear what I said? I really believe they're not out there. And one of the big reasons is because of envy. Okay? Or if we are still out there, okay, maybe that's why we're not as successful because we're a little too envious. God's not going to bless people like this, by and large. And if he does, it's going to come crumbling down because I've seen it happen before. Uh, because envy breeds competition and complaining. I remember one guy he had a little bit of success. And he started comparing himself with Pastor Sonny. And I said to myself, ooh, it won't be long. No, it won't be long. And he went for a little bit. We would try to warn him. But he'd look at us like, oh, you only got 400. I got 1,000. I said, oh, my God. Listen, son, listen to But he wouldn't listen. Uh, because he was already comparing himself to Sonny. Uh, my goodness. Now, see, I knew it wouldn't be long before this guy would have a negative incident. And sure enough, okay, it wasn't long before it all came out on the wash. This guy was, you know, how, how can I say, more of an Al Davis than a son of David. That's why I've given it this title. Always comparing. See, personally, I've had a number of you know, of, of individuals who, who compare themselves to myself or other churches or, or this church. That happens many times. But I look out for guys like this, okay? They're, they're, they're very envious because envy, my friend, is one of the, the seven sins. Now, we could say, well, they probably, you know, they probably wasn't envious here because, uh, 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 you know, Nah, how, why are they comparing themselves to, 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 to us or to here or there? That's not, that's not true. That's not right. Well, believe me, people do compare. Uh, and that happens. And even with us, they'll, they'll come and they'll say, oh, I got a better worship leader. I got this. I got that. My leaders are better than this leaders. Come on. We're all in this thing together. It's teamwork. Uh, envy, not the winner. Uh, if they're doing something, they'll bless them. Bless them. And we'll be blessed as well. Uh, see, let me tell the 25 of you that are going to go out within the next five years. Because there's some of you you're going to go out. If you can learn the brunt of what we're speaking about here this morning, you'll be much, a much better pastor. Okay? And your sheep will be a lot better as well. And you'll have a lot 
lot better chance of staying out there permanently. Are you listening to me? Those that are going to be involved in ministry someday. Because you learn, okay, to pattern yourself after the son of David, not Al Davis. Now, the second thing that envy does, okay, it murmurs. Number two, it gripes. It complains. It's never content. Always whining. Not W-H-I-N-I-N-G. Not whining, but W-H-Y-N-I-N-G. Why, why whining? Why, how come, why, why he got to do it? Why, he's the pastor's pet. Why, why does he, why, 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 why? I know why. See, they're always asking why, but the only thing is, they, ask, they answer their own questions. Get yourself an attorney. Uh, but, and, and the attorney is the word of God, and, and, you know, the son of David, he's the greatest attorney. He'll tell you why. But a lot of times, why this, why that? Uh, we're always asking questions, but we're answering them ourselves. That's, that's terrible. Uh, why does he get to do this? Why does he, she get to do that? Thirdly, the third negative quality about envy, or not even a quality or characteristic, it's that it's blind. It blinds us to what we do have. We're always looking at what we don't have. How come we don't do this? How come we this? How come that? Envy blinds you to what you do have. Count your blessings. See, envy kills. That's the reason why it's one of the seven deadly sins. Uh, see, because of envy, we're always looking at what others have. And we fail to neglect to see what we have. Uh, hey, I'm not kidding you. When I got saved and born again, the mere fact that I wasn't using drugs any longer, I didn't have to go back to jail anymore. I mean, I really, I didn't know that the Bible was so good. I didn't know Christianity was so great. Just the mere fact that I didn't have to go back to the streets, I didn't have to sleep on the streets, all that. I said, my God, this is great. God took the craving from drugs from me. That was enough for me. Though when they said God wants to bless you, I said, there's more. God, I said, you're kidding. That's enough. I, just, I hate drugs. I hate that lifestyle. Ah, uh, that was enough for me. Uh, a lot of people, they, they, you know, they, they look at what they don't have rather than looking at what they do have. Uh, see, the envious person may have wealth of qualities and of blessings, but they spend much and most of their time looking at what they don't have. We can easily lose, you know, concentration, okay, on the, the good things that God has blessed us with. Um, that he's bestowed upon us. Our gratitude is gone. You want to fight envy? Cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And really, when's the last time somebody said, thank you, Jesus? All right. One, two, three. Thank You're fighting envy. One, two, three. Thank hey, that's how you fight it. You be, be grateful for what God has done for you. Uh, you're not going to go to hell. Hallelujah. The, sh the sermon's going to be a short sermon. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, our gratitude is gone. We want to keep up with the Joneses. Hallelujah. Uh, then, the fourth negative thing about envy, okay, is that it makes us thankless. Thankless. Uh, we're hardly ever joyous. How can you be thankful and content and joyous when we're only aware of what we don't have? That's like 
Paul says, rejoice in the Lord how many times? Always. And again, I say, he's driving it home. Come on, man. Be grateful. Be joyous. Some of you, man, you, you come to church like you. Oh. You ever seen the movie Face Off? And they had, the, they had those guys who were like, that's the way you are. Like, Got a Bible, eh? You know. Man. We should time you. Uh, what have I said before? What am I supposed to say? Church again? What are I supposed to say? Church again! I like this, but we're going to have church again tonight. Oh, hallelujah. We're going to have revival all week long. Man. You know what my church is doing? We're going to have revival from Wednesday to Friday. We can have seven sermons on five days. Church again. Hallelujah. Uh, look at Matthew 20, beginning verse 20, then I'm done. Let me show you one more thing here about envy. Same chapter, Matthew 20, beginning in verse 20. Jesus here is still hitting on envy. Verse 15 said, don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? Then in verse 20, he's still dealing with envy. Look at this. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down asked a favor of him. What is it you want? He asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other the left of your kingdom. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup that I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink of my cup for... But to sit at my right hand or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my father. When the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jealous, envious. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your what? What? And whosoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the son of man, son of David... Did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. See, here, the mother of James and John comes to Christ and he asks Jesus for, you know what PSLs are? Ah, you Raider fans. Ah, can I have tickets to the A's game? Uh, can I have tickets to the Dodger games? Uh, he asked her to be able to sit right there, right, right in the front. Uh, matter of fact, today we got tickets and somebody gave us some right, right behind on plate today. Dodger game. Uh, he wants some PSLs. They're called preferred seating license, I think. That's the whole thing that they're talking about with uh, uh, Alameda County over Al Davis and the PSLs. And that's, that's what he asked for here. He wants for preferred seating. Can one of them sit here and one of them sit over here? Uh, that's what she asked. And once... The mother asked for preferred seating arrangements. The rest of the disciples get all mad. They get indignant. They get aggravated. Ah, that's Spanish and English merged together. Agitated and aguitados. Ah, they get aggravated. Hey, what's wrong with you, bro? Hey, what you talking about, man? What would be like? Look, 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 fool. They really, you know, they, they get down home over here. Ah, uh, they start saying, me, hey, look at you, uh, mama's boys, 
really? They said, wouldn't you do cap like that? Look at you. Why don't you see it in the right and the left? Sheesh. Uh, so what Jesus does is he gives them the remedy how to counteract envy. And we're going to finish with it, but you got to listen now. How to counteract envy. And the way is through service. To being a servant. To being a doer. By being a giver. That's how you fight envy. Just, just do it. Get out there and, and, and be a giver. Be a doer. Jesus of Nazareth went about doing good. Acts 10, 38. First verse I ever learned in my life. Because they gave away a candy bar in Sunday school. I envied that candy bar. <laughs> uh, but I remember that. But I, thank God that was God. He wanted me to have that in my heart. Jesus of Nazareth, what am I doing? That's what I do now. How do I try? Why do you think I travel the world and all this? And I represent you and God and the ministry and Victory Outreach and Pastor Sonny. Because we're, we're, that's how you counteract. We don't want to be envious. We want the world to take notice. We want them to know, hey, listen, yes, we used to be very selfish. Yes, we used to be very envious. Yes, we used to be jealous. But no more. We've studied the Word of God. We want to not only know the Word of God, we want to be doers of the Word of God. And that here is only. And we're going to counteract all that envy, all that jealousy. Yes, you might have looked at a person like me before and said, he's nothing. But look at here, I'm trying to tell you, I'm a disciple of Jesus. And I'm going to be about my father's business. Plus, it's for my own good. The Bible teaches me if I want to fight envy, I gotta serve. I gotta serve. Ah. See, Jesus again vividly shows us that the kingdom of God, what it's like. Its ways and its means are totally different. They're totally opposite than the kingdom of earth. He tells them that the way up is down. Ah, the way to be first is to be last, to be servant. Serve, serve. Uh, that's, you got to be first in God's kingdom. you got to be the servant of all. See, only a heart of grat gratitude and gratefulness and thankfulness uh, can drown out the envy in a person's heart. Did you hear what I said? Only a heart of gratefulness uh, and, 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 and thankfulness and service can get rid of that envy. And everybody has it. You don't got to teach a human being to be envious. Uh, we all want to be first. Don't raise your hand. But how many ex-drug addicts do we have in this place? Okay, don't raise your hand. Please don't raise your hand. I want the ceiling still there. Uh, but you know what I'm talking about if you've ever been on drugs. Uh, what's the first thing we say when we obtain what we wanted? First. Uh, I'm first. Ay, ay, ay. So I know who I'm dealing with by and large. Uh, no. Uh, look at what you do have and be grateful. Look at what, you know, you, you have and give thanks. That's the reason, my friend, why singing is so very important and very vital in Christianity. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Singing, it can't come on. We're not here just by ritual and the worshiping. We're here, we're doing it for a reason because we're giving thanks to God. Here's an ex-envious person worshiping. Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you. You know, I really, really love it when people of our former caliber begin to worship and glorify God. Then I know they're getting victory. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I see some of my friends come, uh, all of a sudden they, hallelujah. <laughs> really, because you guys have your friends around here. Mine, most of them that I grew up with are down south. 
But isn't it heavy when you see your friends come and they finally go, for the first time, I go, Because you're getting rid of envy. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. All things become no. Dying to self. Don't minimize worship. Don't minimize thankfulness. When the team gets over here, they pray half hour before the service. They're, they're, they're getting ready to lead you into worship. Because we know the importance of it. Thankfulness. Serving God. Ah. Uh, See, if our hearts are full, gratitude and thankfulness, if we have that in our hearts, then there will be little room for envy and pride. If your heart is full of praises, there's very little room for envy and anger and pride. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Be a doer of the word. Be a giver of the word. As every head is bowed and every eye closed. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, the Bible says. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God, the Father, for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Always giving thanks to God, the Father, in everything. I've read out of the, the fifth chapter of Ephesians right there. But it, it's a scripture that'll hit home for the sermon here and as every head is bowed and every eye closed Spirit of God moving in ministry and I want to pray for those of you that say I want to be used of God and I would almost dare say because I've been involved in ministry now a number of years and I would almost go so far as to say if you want to be used of, of God in ministry you must understand the enemy will try and hit you in this area. To try and be jealous and envious of your brother and your sister. Competitiveness. If you can grasp what I'm bringing out here today, you will become a viable minister. You will become a worthy Christian. You'll be able to say, it doesn't matter who does the job. As long as the job gets done. Whether it be him or myself, let's go do it. Let's be a team. Let's go on and Envy not the winner. And sometimes the winner is going to be us. Envy not the winner. Lay those prides aside. I want to pray for those of you who say, Brother Steve, I, I need to admit that sometimes I have a heavy tendency in this area to, to not only envy the sinner, but to envy the winner. And I don't want that. I don't need that. I've told you today how to counteract that. How to counterattack that. Praise. Thankfulness. And most of all, service. Jesus knew that the mother of James and John, there was a lot of envy there. And there was a lot of envy that came out of the, the disciples. And right away he goes right to the gut and he says, He that will be greatest in my kingdom shall be the servant. Serve. Servant of all. And as every head is bowed, every eye called Spirit of God moving in ministry. He said, Brother Steve, the sermon was for me and I want you to pray for me. I want to ask you very quickly.
Make your way to the altar. I'm not going to ask you to raise no hands. I'm just going to ask you to simply slip out of your seat, come down to this altar, and kneel before a loving God. Kneel before a great God. Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you. Every head is Just still bowed, please. Every eye closed. You. You're doing your own number for it God. Is my desire. Anybody else? Just Many have come already. But I believe there's others. God ministered to, to your life. Right up your freeway. I need to come to the Just altar. To be I said it time and again. It's worth coming to Victory Outreach just for the altar calls. Anybody else? God, minister to your life. You want to be included in this prayer. I'm going to ask you very quickly to slip out of your seat. Make your way onto this altar. Let me pray for you. Just to be right with you. Anyone else? Before we pray. Just to be close. Just to be close to you. Hallelujah. Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you is my desire. Those in the audience, I'm going to ask you to stand with me, please. And stretch your hands for it this way, please. Those in the audience, stretch your hands for it this way. I'm going to have those that are here to repeat this prayer after me. And then I'm going to ask some of you counselors to come and lay hands on these that are here as well and pray for them. But this, again, this is a body ministry. We covet and we need your prayers. These need your prayers. Those of you in the altar, I'm going to ask to repeat this prayer to me. Say, Jesus, teach me to envy not the sinner who seems to have it better than me, who seems to be doing well without you and without me. Teach me not to envy him. But also teach me not to envy the winner. Those within the realm of faith, the household of faith, my fellow Christians. Those that seem to have it better than me. Don't let the root of envy Keep in my heart. Take it. Take it. Uproot it. Let me counteract it with a heart and an attitude of gratitude. Teach me to count my blessings and not to dwell on what I don't have, but what I do have. Jesus, I have you. You are my all in all. I find my sufficiency in you. You and I, you and I, you and I are a majority. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to ask some counselors to come and pray with these, but let me say a prayer for those of you that are here. Lord, I know that envy is one of the seven deadly sins, and we've dealt with it here today.
but Lord, I chose this subject in regards much because of ministry and how it can creep into ministry and destroy. Envy is a killer. Envy destroys lives. It destroys ministries, Jesus. Teach us, Lord God. Disciple us that to know you is to know better. To know you, God, is to know better. We don't want to be like the regular businessman. We want to be outrageously graceful. We want to live according to your great grace, your great grace, your manifold blessings, your manifold grace. We want to live in your kingdom. The kingdom of God is like an unto. We want to be working in your vineyard. You be the landowner. You call the shots. You do whatever you want to. Blessed is that disciple that is not offended in you. Lord, not my will, but your will. And right now as pastor of this church, I come against all envy, jealousies, and strifes. Maybe I can't see it with a naked eye, but Lord, you've you put it upon my heart to preach this. And it could creep in because it can deadly destroy people's lives. Let it not happen here. I ask it in Jesus' name. And we give you honor. We give you glory and praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's do a song. I humble myself here in your presence. Let's sing it to church. I humble myself at your feet. I humble myself. I'm gonna ask Ed, Ed, I'm gonna need you to come at this altar. Use me, Lord, is what I pray. Sing it again, church. I humble myself here in your presence. I humble myself at your feet. I humble myself at this altar. Use me, Lord. Is what I sing it one more time. Sing it one more time. Myself here in your presence, I humble myself, I humble myself at your feet, at your feet, I humble myself, I humble myself at this altar, at this altar, use me, Lord, is what I pray. Counteract envy and jealousies and strife. Let us be the servant of all. Let us be known as servants, Jesus, as servants, as servants, as servants. Not our will, but yours. Man. I don't think I can stress enough. Let us be known as servants, people. Servants, 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 doers. It's for people's own good, and again, I meant it for our own good. Get rid of that garbage. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to have you remain standing. And I want to move as 
fast as possible. We're the time here. But Ed is our broker. He was, you know, he has some things that he shared with us at the meeting.